Hello and welcome to On the Tiles, the Herald's politics podcast. I'm your host, Thomas Coughlin, the deputy political editor of the Herald. Joining me today is regular guest Jason Walls, the political editor of News Talk ZB. Hello, Thomas. I've done a, that was my radio voice. Oh, you've done a great job. Thank you. The, 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 the intonation is, 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 is good. Now, the listeners won't know this, but Thomas is wearing shorts, and it's really, really disconcerting for me because I've only ever seen them in these beautiful Italian suits, and now he's wearing, he's got the, he's got the boys out, the boys being the legs. <laughs> yeah, I'm wearing, um, they're quite short as well. They are. There's a lot of thigh. <laughs> there is a lot of thigh, but the holes are power. Um, and that's actually quite a good segue because the reason I'm I, I'm wearing casual attire is not because my boss is away for the day and can't see me, but because this is really the last quiet day for before we have a very long, a very rare four week sitting block. We used they used to be quite regular. Chris Hipkins' first time as leader of the house, uh, his first year, twenty eighteen, uh, he he created a sitting rhythm of four weeks on, two weeks off, and everyone decided that that, that was horrible. <laughs> I think he did that so that, that um, when school holidays came, MPs could get the two week school holiday with their kids. The house hated it because four weeks is a really really long time to it's be a sitting. Really long time. So we journalists reversed, hated it as we, well. I hated it so much. Um, so we've we've generally reverted back to three weeks on one week. Uh, so yeah, three weeks on one week off. Uh, but now we're we're back for four weeks. It's the only four weeks of sitting we get before the hundred day plan. Uh, the only full sitting block we get before the hundred day plan deadline expires. So they've got to race through all of that. Mm. What do you think, Jason? Is it going to be a slog? Oh, you know, I think that Chris Luxon wouldn't have done this if he didn't know he could. Like, they wouldn't go into it thinking, oh, I'm sure we'll get there. I think they probably would have game-planned the whole thing out. And that's what we've been seeing so far as well. We've got the fact that they're... um you know, they're, they're going through the motions last year and getting things through and then starting it up this year as well. So I think they'll get there, but it's going to be, yeah, it's going to yeah. be quite an interesting block. So for like four weeks, like I, the thing that kills me is four weeks and it's going to be a lot of urgency as well, like four weeks plus urgency. That's painful. Yeah. Um, the, I, I agree with you though. Most of it, most of the complicated legislative stuff is just to introduce but not to pass, which is obviously I think that's a... That's a um, a good idea. Uh, you don't want to um, skip select committees and stuff. The complicated thing, I think, one of the areas to look out for is some of the justice stuff that they've the hundred day plan. So forty nine things in the hundred day plan. They ticked off a fair few of them last year. Um, RMA repeal, um, clean car uh, uh, standard. Uh, sorry, clean car rebate, um, the fee bait or the U tax, whatever you want to call it. That was gone last year. Um, Auckland Light Rail uh, X last year announced this year. Um, but the the big things I think would be the justice stuff, uh, the gang patches and uh, the big gang patches um, ban, and then the um, enhanced search powers for cops in relation to firearms gangs. That's that's com- that's complicated legislation, I think, and that that, well, that work has to be done by PCO and and introduced in a good state because I mean it's going to look pretty embarrassing mm. if if Mark Mitchell tables some legislation that's kind of crap yeah <laughs> and you need the select committee stage for those because the optics of introducing something so controversial without having the select committee process to really yeah. go through it would be would be terrible it's a good idea they're not skipping select committee but i i, I think like you know there's a good chance when they're, ru- they're rushing that that, that they're, they're rushing the drafting of that there's there's a there's not a small chance that something you know that that uh, it's not in a great state when it gets introduced, which is why it's got to go and select committee, but it'll still be fairly embarrassing if they cock it up. Mm. 
Um, anything else on the under 100 day plan you're keeping an eye on? Or just the nerd in me is looking at this scrapping of the Productivity Commission. They've got um, first and second reading down because that went through under urgency as well. So they right. make Seymour's Ministry of Regulation. I, I don't know how many people are going to be too sad about the Productivity Commission being gone. I think the only person that would be was probably you. Are you a productivity? Commission I, you know, I, 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 yeah, I read a few of their reports. I thought, like, when Paul Conway was there, I, you know, that was, um, you know, I, I read a lot of that stuff. Um, like, he's obviously now at the Reserve Bank and, you know, loving life. He's got mm. the best mustache in Wellington, I have to say. It's quite impressive. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's like he goes hard. <laughs> um, I'm not sure if he shaved it post November. Um, mm. yeah, I'll get back to you on that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, uh, well, it's certainly a call, but you could—I mean—you can see why it became kind of political. With it was sort of quite dry a few years ago, then Grant Robertson tried to spice it up with with the Ganeshnana appointment, and you know that obviously drove the the right wing kind of mad. Um, fuel tax, obviously, a pretty totemic thing that they wanted to get rid of. I actually think in an, in an uh, pardon me, in another world, National wouldn't have got rid of that because that the optics, like Wayne Brown, probably a very effective mayor. Mm. Like Wayne Brown is coming for them on that. Like he's not he, happy. He's not. He's steaming. Yeah. He's coming for them. Um, and in, in another world, you, you could think um, you might think that um, you might think that the Nats would have kept it to, to keep the mayor happy. Um, but obviously, actors like nipping at the heels in Auckland, mm. and there's no way that that, that um, the Nats would lose another would would watch lose another seat to the to the Act Party. So I oh, think yeah. I think Act sort of forced them on that one because mm. there's nothing. I mean, you know, they're, they're talking about congestion pricing and stuff, but congestion pricing doesn't raise a lot of revenue. The whole idea of congestion pricing isn't to raise a lot of revenue. The whole idea of congestion pricing is to get people to stop driving. Mm. So, you know, anything, anything else in the hundred day plan that excites you? Uh, I mean, there's, there's sort of dribs and drabs coming towards. I mean, the gang patch stuff, as you said, should be quite interesting as well. A lot on Mark Mitchell's plate in terms of what he's supposed to be doing in the justice space and in the police space. Actually, would that fall under um, Goldie, his justice? It'd probably be a... Which one? The gang patch banning. Would it be a justice or a police? That's a good point. Yeah. Anyway, it might be a, a collaboration between the two of them. Um, you know, I'm I'm looking Lennon at... Lennon and McCartney of justice. You heard it here first and probably last because no one else <laughs> will ever say that. Um, in terms of other things that I'm looking forward to, I mean, there's a 100-day plan, but I mean, I'm goodness, I'm looking forward to getting back to see how Labour are doing in the House because I do think that they finished off the last sitting block on a high. When I say they... I specifically mean Aisha Verrill and um, Ginny Anderson, who had um, really, she cornered Mark Mitchell over those police numbers, and then um, Aisha on the Casey Costello stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, Chippy, not as much. I'd like to see yeah. him hit his stride. He was, he's been invisible this year, I would say. I, I think Labor's sort of like, Labor realizes it's lost the election, um, which I'm how could you not, those numbers. <laughs> but but I, I think they're deliberately sort of, allowing the electorate to kind of reset their relationship with Chris Hopkins. You know, the elections are such personal things. Like mm. the election, the vote was, a, what you know, part of it was a kind of verdict on him. So I think he's he's quite wisely just sort of keeping his head down a little bit to allow the electorate to reset before kind of... Um, before coming coming back on, on, on that sort of thing. I actually thought Chippy was pretty good in the House um, uh, a few weeks ago. Um, you know, on on where were we on um, the conflict of interest stuff? Oh yeah, uh, he, like he was quite forensic on on how um, how Luxon was enforcing the 
cabinet manual rules around conflicts of interest. Um, some interesting calls from the speaker on that. I think like the Labour got a wee bit unlucky with the way that the, the, the rulings went against him. But but that's I, I agree. And you know he, he hasn't quite he you know he hasn't managed to have a really good rack up kind of speech yet. But but yeah. uh, but I thought you know. Hipkins is pretty good in the house, and um, mm. and and the the forensic questioning on on you know um, how Luxon would manage um, potential perceived conflicts vis a vis the cabinet manual rules. You know, I thought this, that was pretty good. But you're right, Aisha Aisha Viral um, has been pretty good. Like I think she's really you know we, she might have been a terrible opposition. Um, uh, a terrible opposition MP, uh, you know, when you've when you've gone straight into government, there's every chance that you kind of suck. Mm. Um, but she's actually been really really good. Yeah. Um, well, she knows where the bodies are buried. Yeah, in terms of that's yeah. maybe a little bit too visceral since she was the health minister. <laughs> but in terms of like how to corner somebody, and the thing is, I also think she just really hates smoking. Sort right. of yeah, <laughs> it does seem like smoking has put the fire in her belly on this. Yeah, it's, it's a really big issue for her, and um, and she, it's clearly quite quite animating for her. And she's such a good opposition sparring partner for Casey Costello because they mm. both mirror each other in terms of their career progression because Casey Costello first term MP, first term minister yeah, Aisha Verrill, first term MP, yeah, first term minister, so she knows exactly what's going through her head right now. Yeah, good and observation she, I didn't think about well, that. Well thank you very much yeah. and she would be standing, Aisha's probably remembering standing up in the house for the first time answering her questions, yeah. remembering how terrified she was and she's like I know how she's tripped up because I would have done the same thing yeah, but yeah, she didn't get caught. And you do get the you do get the sense that like, you know, Casey Costello's been pretty dumbfounded by the sort of it's pretty unlucky to within your first few months of becoming a minister to have this to be caught up by this. Yeah, like that's that's pretty rough. Mm. Um, and you know, like Labour, I think is is piling on the pressure to 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 see if like the more pressure they can exert, the more um she's likely to make a mistake. Mm. The other, and, and you're right, Jenny Anderson on those police numbers, like. Yeah, you know, she's I'm, she's had a, had a longer career um, than than um, Aisha Vera, but like, you know, that was that was pretty embarrassing. Yeah, <laughs> for, for Mark Mitchell, yeah. and, and 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 obviously there's like no love lost between those two, so you get the feeling that yeah. she was loving it. Oh, you could tell you could tell <laughs> on her face. Absolutely, she was like, this is great. It. Being a minister sucks. Yeah. I'll do this for I'll do this for nine years um, if I have to. And it was like it was humiliating, and and then then, then you know that, I mean, we still. Um, we still don't quite know what's going on, but that newsroom story the next day about this meeting in December, yeah, with a with a with a new target was just to fill you in, unless you've uh, you're not across it. Um, the, the police target and the coalition agreement, five hundred cops over extra cops over two years, was seemed to have been changed to three years. Mark Mitchell basically confirmed that in the House. A meeting in December, apparently between the coalition partners, was the genesis of that of, of kicking the target out by another year. Uh, the newsroom story got published, and then um, and then Winston Peters and just a few other people went on the radio the next day saying that, <laughs> that the, I think someone actually denied the meeting took place, but like the story didn't get taken down, no. so I'm pretty sure that meeting happened. And I'll tell you what, <laughs> it was Joe Moyer was Joe as well. Moyer, so and friend you, of the if, podcast, Joe Moyer, if she's, RNZ editor. If she's writing something, editor. that's yeah, probably uh, happened. That, that happened. Uh, so I, like, that, that meeting like, definitely happened, and... Um, and and then there was a subsequent meeting this year where the chiefs of staff of those parties got together and put the target back to where it originally was. I, this 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 kind of sniffs this this smells exactly like what happened to Labour last term with with New Zealand First, where New Zealand First decides to change its mind on something and then makes Labour <laughs> made Labour kind of you know eat yeah um, eat shit, the basically. yeah. 
Yeah, and 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 you know, New Zealand versus doing that a wee bit with national at the moment. Like, they, welcome they to Winston. Around. Yeah, welcome, welcome to like they, they they drive a tough bargain, and <laughs> and they made them. You know, they 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 totally pull the fast one on them. Yeah, sucks. Um, look, we're we're doing a short podcast today because um, uh, basically nothing's happened this week. Um, it's been a public holiday with Waitangi. Um, but nothing happened at nothing, Waitangi, right? It was <laughs> very quiet. Well, we covered Waitangi in the last uh, two podcasts, and um, and you know you've read all about that on the Herald, so nothing to add. Any, any observations of Waitangi? Um, from my end, um, you know, I to me, and I've said this on the radio, the whole repeating the speech stuff, I wasn't that phased about. I think yeah, the fact didn't that bother me too much either. The parts that he was repeating when, when he's talking about history, history doesn't change, so therefore repeating a speech is fine. Um, I think you know. <laughs> It was gonna. They maybe should have. Maybe they should have known that it would have been picked up and it would have become a story. And maybe they could have done something to prevent that. But in terms of the layman watching that, I don't think they care that much. I think that it's here one day, gone the next sort of story. I mean, still worth a story, but not something that's going to change a vote. Yeah, it seemed like it seemed. It seemed like it would, the speech was like received okay up there mm. by. Um, uh, but. It, I think you know. I I was looking through Jacinda's speeches. They didn't repeat themselves. Mm. And I think one thing that Luxon's speechwriting team needs to consider as well is Adun always had. She always had uh, you know, and Andrew Campbell, her her, her main speechwriter, comes um, uh, chief presec. They tended to have one killer line in each mm. speech. You know, they, they were very good at, at ensuring there was a like there was a killer line that yeah. you would remember. Um, and and Luxon has never. As prime minister, delivered a speech with a line in it that makes you think, right? You know, that's that's him staking out a position on something. I yeah. mean, her first Waitangi speech, it was, you know, we'll hold be back here each year, hold us to account. Hold us to account. Yeah. account you yeah. Just you remember it, you know, yeah. and 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 I think the next, I, well, I, th- I think the government's hoping to, because man, the, the next the next year is going to be packed full of of legislation that is going to, you know, really hit Maori pretty hard. The Māori Health Authority repeals the language stuff, um, and obviously the the treaty principle stuff. So you, you're going to have a very packed legislative agenda in the next twelve months relating to Māori issues, and it's not good. You know, the government's going to get more and more offside with Māori over the next twelve months. I think what Luxon's going to want to do is, in twelve months' time, go to go to Waitangi and say, "Well, look, you know, um, that's in the past." The government. Reset that you mm. didn't like it, but we, you know, this is the the future. That's I think that's the best he can hope for. It's to is to go back there next year, turn, try and turn the page and draw a line under the whole thing and move on. And and I think then you know you really hope that he has a, that he has a killer speech that kind of rises to the moment. Because to be honest, like if you're the prime minister and you are going to Waitangi, and John Key went there I think every year by one. Mm. You kind of want to have one of your Waitangi speeches be a killer speech. It's the national day. It's the national kind of that's the the the, the, the you know that's the most what probably the most significant poverty you'll go to as prime minister. Mm. You kind of you you know you, if it's sort of part of the job description that you have to deliver. In, in your tenure, one really good speech up there, at least. Yeah, most of Jacinda's were quite good. I think she, I, in terms of speeches, I think it was what six for six in yeah. terms of her speeches as prime minister. But you know, I, I mean, think she I, missed I, two be, of them because of COVID. Okay, so yeah. four out of six, but I won't, I won't <laughs> put those two past her. But uh, you know, the thing is, while she was doing this. Um, Outcomes for Māori were going backwards. Education, yes. vaccination, um, health outcomes. So what's more important, flashy speech or outcomes yeah. for vulnerable? And, I mean, like, you know, Luxon showed up. I remember, <laughs> do you remember one year Jacinda Ardern skipped Ratana for Davos? 
Which oh, was, yes. Which was a bit eyebrow racing at the time. Imagine if Luxon had done that. <laughs> oh, my Lux- goodness. Well, you may still yet, because like Ratna obviously doesn't quite have the attendance requirements of Waitangi, but, you know, yeah. I would... Yeah. I would have, uh, you know... Davos doesn't have the Davos fried d- bread. Uh, yeah, yes. Davos doesn't have the same ring to it. It doesn't have a brass band. No, no. Anyway, you heard it here. Ratna, better than Davos. <laughs> um, Jason Walls, thank you so much for coming on. We'll see you next week for a PAX for beginning of a full week sitting block. God help us all. That was on the tiles. Uh, Ethan and Patty are our producers. Thank you very much for listening. We'll be back. One of the scariest things you can hear as a parent is quiet. But if you do get a little quiet time, have a listen to The Parenting Hangover. It's not scary at all. If I bump into a couple and they have a boy and they have a girl, and I'm like, oh, boy, girl, snip. You've got a boy, you've got a girl, get the snip. You're done. You get to figure out what it's like raising a girl, you get to figure out what it's like raising a boy. Save yourself a ton of stress and money. You've got your perfect little family. The Parenting Hangover with Clinton Jordan. New episodes every Thursday on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts.